How can we make the world better? By making ourselves better. The Dr. Joe Show explores how you can make positive personal change by using his groundbreaking and highly effective I Am approach to understand who we are and why we do what we do. Your small changes can have big effects. Join us now for the Dr. Joe Show with Mark Stiles of Stiles Law and your host, Dr. Joe Schrand. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Dr. Joe Show. And we're back. Oh, yeah, man. That was one of the best ever. And you know what? It's I the, had to give it. You did. I had to bring it. We got it. so much energy tonight. I had so to. So much. Because what is going on in the world? I feel like we, we owe it to the people to just kind of wake them up a little bit and be like, hey. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, 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 yeah. It's going to be great. It's. Remember oh. my goal for 2020? To go viral? No. I'm oh, sorry. No. Boo. No. Dr. Joe <laughs> show should go viral. Yep, yep. That might just do it. That clip right there may have just <laughs> done Maybe it. it. Sorry. Go ahead. What's but your, to your always exhibit yes. enormous optimism. That's wonderful. How challenging has that been in the last five days? Has it been? Has it, has it been? Yes. Yeah. Because you know why? Because it is real. This virus is real. We know more about it than ever. But as we're learning more about it, the, the reality is there have been viruses around as longer than we've been around. That's the part about evolution that is so remarkable. And what this is showing us is that we are one group. We're one tribe, not multiple tribes, one tribe, all susceptible to the same things. And we have a choice right now, folks. We can fragment or we can come together. And I say let's come together. Let's come together because right now there is a lot of stress and anxiety in the world, right? <laughs> Boy. Yes, that yeah. would be an understatement, Dr. Joe. Yeah, but you know what? With stress comes innovation. That's who we are as human beings. That's right. And we can do amazing things. One of the things, I'm, I'm, I'm playing with this, with this phrase. Tell me what you think. This is a global warming warning. What do you think of that? Global warming It's definitely warning. catchy. Right? I'm sure it's going to create some people to get upset. But but how upset can you be? People are saying that there's no science. Well, this is a virus. There's science. It's a virus. It's a virus. But there's it's also, science. But are we going to get into a global warming conversation no, 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 no. while we're, we're into, dealing with a global pandemic? We're going to stay with this. We're okay, going to stay with cool. this. We have an in-studio guest. The. The Monica from Ming Dynasty, and let me just explain... Can you please explain? ...why this is so significant to us. Yes. Because Monica is our biggest fan, but she has never been able to come into the studio. You know why? I do. Tell us why. Because she is the owner and proprietor of a restaurant... Yep. ...that is open... Yep. ...during our show... Yes. ...all the time. All the time. Except for tonight. Except for tonight. Monica, welcome to the show. Welcome to Dr. Thank show. Thank you. So we want to hear a lot more from you. The other part that is so meaningful to me about Ming is that's where we do our karaoke after every show. <laughs> so we're, we're coming out and letting everybody know that that's real now? Yeah, I think Might as well. Let's share. Let's yeah, be vulnerable. That's what we do, folks. After, after we do a Dr. Joe show, we go over to Monica's restaurant and we sing one karaoke song each. We can never sing the same song twice. <laughs> That's Mark's rule. 
So you I, can imagine how uh, much butchery is on the stage every once in a while. I bet it's wonderful. Because, Fabulous. Because That's the beauty of karaoke. It is. We did a show on karaoke live at, actually, she was at one of yeah, our shows. That's right. There you're right. So that we were live well, at the Ming. We should say that we were at the Ming yeah. for one of our we shows. Were, we were guests of hers hosting our show. So let's We get, should do that again. We should. When it opens. Yeah. So, Monica, what's this been like for you? You had to close your restaurant. I feel sad, but uh, it's good to stay at home. Like, uh, we can give the hospital more time to taking care of the people who are already sick. So we can slow the speed of the virus. So we're doing the right thing. Mm. I tell you, that's noble. She's had such a great attitude about it. I watch her on social media a lot because she's really engaging on mm -hmm. social media. And, you know, it was sad. Like, she's like, see ya in April. But, you know, love is love. Love is We're love. We're here together as a village, and it's so beautiful. It's so nice to have her as our part of our community, yeah. a leader of our community, really. Yeah. Yep. Next week is going to be very different than this week. Yep. Yesterday is very different than today. Tomorrow is going to be very different than today. Yes. It's it's it, when we're t I talk to other business leaders, and it's always it's it's not you know week by week anymore. This is not day by day anymore. It's really hour by hour. Like what is going to happen next I know what do we need to do how do we react to this bouncing ball well everybody everybody is going to be reacting I, I must say as a psychiatrist um, this is this is part of what I am recognizing we we have an ancient brain we have a limbic system brain it is part of our survival mode and we have a new brain the frontal lobe, this neocortex, this new brain. And we are going limbic right now, but we oh. got to keep it frontal. We're going limbic. I found myself, because I'm, I'm doing telepsychiatry now from home, um, and I was talking with, uh, with the COO of Riverside Community Care this morning, Marsha, uh, who is also, everybody is working from home right now. We're still seeing our patients. How cool is telehealth, first of all? Thank goodness for telehealth, right? But what I find is, and I hate to say it, I'm putting on weight again. Sorry, but I started, Why? well, I realized that part of my brain is thinking there's going to be a famine. Uh. You, need to, you need to slow down your metabolic rate. You need to preserve your fats because just in case there isn't food. And I've got to put my hand on my forehead and my prefrontal cortex say, there is not going to be a famine, Joe. You don't need to have that other cookie. Don't have it. Interesting. So, it, so this is, I, I'm convinced that this is part of what is happening globally, is this ancient survival brain is activating because it's being attacked. The body is being attacked by a virus. Remember, it's all an IM. The virus has an IM as well. The virus is doing the best it can by trying to take over the cells of our body, and our body responds the best it can. But we have got to do something, and what we need to do more than anything is help each other out with stress. I am convinced that the best way to relieve your stress is to help somebody else with their stress. It does a number of things. What does it do? First, it helps somebody else reduce their cortisol levels, so they're gonna feel a little bit better you're using your mirror neurons. Remember, guys, those mirror neurons we spoke about? That you reflect what other people think or feel? You can get stressed out by someone else's anxiety, or you can help them get calm by staying calm. You're not dismissing other people's ang anxiety. It's real. 
we're not saying, oh, no, no, get over it. Mm. We have to respond to it, say, okay, I understand why you're feeling this, but we can do something different together. We can help each other out. And then when you activate those mirror neurons in them, everybody's stress decreases. And you know why it's good to help somebody else with their stress? Because it increases your value. And that's what we all want. Everybody wants to feel valuable, right? And at every moment, you can remind someone of their value. When you do that, you increase your own value. Reducing stress is that. So, so stress reduction. That. Let me rewind it. So one of the best stress reduction techniques is to help somebody else. To help somebody else. Because then you are creating this cooperative group. If you are not helping somebody else, you're going to activate that response in them. And they will become more defensive. And then all of a sudden, you've got a whole group of people trying to get the same thing. As opposed to a whole group of people helping each other get the same thing. We can do this. We can do this, and we have to do this. Because this is a pandemic. It's global. It's right. all of us. And you're right, Mark. It's fluid. A few weeks ago, we were arguing over different things. And now we have an opportunity to say, let's stop and look and think and do something together. We got to do it together. Look again. Look again. Respect. Again. Again, look. Respect. That's right. That's right. That's what it is. I'm excited by it. Well, usually we come out better for these, don't we? You know, in these tragic situations, the communities usually come out stronger because they have to band together and they see the need for one another. Yes. And again, what I want to do is expand that so it's not just one community banding against another community, that we recognize we are one right. community. Right. We're one group. It's called humanity. Let's do it. Let's finally use this as a way to come together and say we're one group. We're affected by, by one virus. It's, it's, it's showing us the way. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time. Let's get that word out, Dr. Joe. We're doing it. People need to understand it. They need to hear it. They will. They need to absorb it. Yeah. And we're about to have two weeks to think about it, I think. I know. It's going to be pretty amazing. So... We are very fortunate not only to have Monica in studio with us, but calling in in a minute or two from Texas is Dr. Ann Messer, who is an internationally world-renowned famous uh, physician who works in global care. And she, uh, at some point, is going to call through and tell us a little bit about what she's doing out there in Texas, uh, but also in other parts of the world. People, it is wonderful that you are listening in, but remember how much fun we can have with this. Because one of the things that we're trying to do is slow down. Our lives move so fast, we get a chance to slow down. We have our guest calling in from Texas, Dr. Ann. Are you there? Hey, I am, Dr. Joe. How are you? I am great. I, I now, I, I just want to do full disclosure. Dr. Ann so. is the Ann from Zoom. What? Yep, 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 she is. 
and and that's how we've known each other for some time. I won't I won't tell how many years. I like that crowd effect. That's awesome. I haven't had anybody clap for me in a while. Yeah, <laughs> just keep doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our. That's we have we have a huge live audience here going against all protocol. Kidding. Uh, oh, so, wonderful. So, so tell us what's going on, Anne. What's happened out there? You're calling in from Texas. Calling in from Texas, from Austin, Texas, and it is we're like pre-storm here. For the COVID, we've definitely got some cases, but it's not a tsunami. There's not hundreds of people lined up in fever centers and that sort of thing happening yet. So everybody's just kind of getting ready for the onslaught, which if you look at the numbers is gonna happen. So I guess we're probably all in the same boat there unless you're in a major city center right now. So what what's the preparation that you guys are doing? What, what have you learned that you can apply? Well, let's see. First of all, I think it's really important for everybody to recognize that each of us has a part in slowing down the spread of this virus, and we can do it in very simple ways, social distancing, which means staying away from most people and staying a little bit further away than you normally would to the people that you love is really important to prevent the spread of the virus. And then the other super simple things that we're seeing on the media every day, which is Wash your hands for 20 seconds with soapy water. Let them air dry instead of drying them on uh, one of those blowing dryers that they have in most places. Mm. Uh, you also want to make sure that if you do cough or sneeze, you cough into your elbow. And the, uh, what else? If you develop a fever, stay at home. If you start to sneeze, stay at home. If you get a cough and a fever, then you probably should call your public health department because they're going to want to know about you. Great advice. And I just want to point out, social distancing is not the same as emotional distancing, right? No, it's not. But you know what? It's a little bit hard to do social distancing without having a little bit of emotional distancing, I think. I've watched it in my own family and in some of my friends. I actually was just literally shouting across the fence to my next-door neighbor, and it was really weird because normally we would have hugged each other. But mm. we're both trying to play by the rules. Not because we think we're going to catch it, although certainly there's a strong likelihood since they're saying 70 to 80 percent of the American population will catch this virus, but just because we don't want to spread it to anybody else. And that's the most important thing. That's what we're trying to do right now is keep from spreading it so quickly that we overwhelm our healthcare systems and there won't be enough hospital beds for people. And if that seems impossible, the thing to do is think about the math. Think about your local community hospital and then walk inside there in your mind and go up into their intensive care unit. And then think about how many ventilators they have, which is probably three or four, maybe many more than that if you live in a big place. And then multiply that by the number of people that might get sick. Mm -hmm. And suddenly you realize that if you get sick or your husband or your mother, you are really hoping that there's a ventilator there to help you breathe for a couple of weeks while we get over this virus. Wow. And that's what we're trying to do is just make sure that there's enough intensive care beds and enough extra oxygen to be able to take care of all the people to get the virus. And if we all go into the hospital one by one instead of in groups of thousands, then it's a much better chance that we're going to be able to take care of each other as we kind of work our way through this thing. Very important image. Very important image. And that, that is part of why everybody has a role to play in this. And that's the opportunity that we have to really, really have each other's backs without being too close to them and touching them. Um, but but really, that's that's what it is. So, Anne, yeah. what's the tone like out there? 
70 to 80 percent. Did you say that? That's in all of America. So the tone out here in Austin, I'm feeling a lot of nervousness, although honestly, because with my job at One Good Turn, either I'm in a neglected community very much touching every single person I see or I'm working really hard on the computer, which is what I've been doing the last few days is being at home working really hard on the computer, along with my amazing administrator, Annie Albrecht, who's been doing the same thing. We've been pumping a lot of information out. Um, But the tone here is sober. I think everybody's really nervous about it. But the thing that you said about emotional detachment, I have found that there are Facebook groups sprouting up around helping people. There's stuff on our little next door, you know, that web page that everybody has in their neighborhoods now offering to help elderly people get groceries. And I think people are actually really reaching out to each other. Every email is signed off, stay safe, take care of yourself. And I think there's a certain sense of solidarity in getting ready for this moment. And that's very impressive. Yeah. Hey, listen, can, can we give a shout-out to One Good Turn? You want to tell folks what that is, Anne? Oh, mm-hmm. I'd love to. Thank you for asking, Joe. Please. So One Good Turn is my global health nonprofit, and the, the mission of One Good Turn is to provide education, practical education, and practical, culturally appropriate medical care to neglected communities all over the world. And that basically means that I go and teach people who are not doctors but are still providing medical care in their communities, I teach them the basics of illness and disease and treatment so that they can go on taking better and more appropriate care of the folks that they are serving. Yeah, it, it's incredible, folks. And please... What's the website? What's the website? How do, how do they donate to One Good Turn? Oh, you're sweet. OneGoodTurn.org is our website. And we're also on Facebook. I think it's the number one good turn. And uh, you'll see us there. And we even have an Instagram. But (laughs) no Twitter. (laughs) But, yeah, hop on the website and you can take a little look at what we're doing and how we teach people. It's just been a wonderful thing. We got back from the Dominican Republic just a couple of days before uh, the COVID thing hit. Squeaked in under the barrier there. And uh, it was a great opportunity to do some work with just a wonderful set of doctors and nurses and school health workers around deworming and how to take care of pneumonia and a lot of stuff around family planning. So very, very important concepts. It's nice to have those connections. And so Anne and I were, were talking uh, a while ago. I was had invited her to come on as a guest to talk about her nonprofit, One Good Turn, when she was getting back. And then all of a sudden, you know, COVID hit and... Uh, she has been so generous because she's changed her schedule around so she can be on the show with us tonight talking about it. Because this, this really is in your wheelhouse, a lot of this stuff. So uh, educate us as if we were folks who didn't know anything. Or were denial. Or denial. Or in denial. Yeah, denial, okay. you know, in psychiatry, denial is not just a river in Egypt. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> I remember that joke Thank from my you. days in psychiatry. Right. Uh, and so, mine in third grade. So, <laughs> there you go. Coronavirus is a virus. It's the same as the cold virus, but it's also a virus that spreads from animals to human beings more quickly than most viruses. So we have a couple other ones that we've had over the last many years. There's one called MERS and one called SARS that also evolved from animals the way this one did. And why it's dangerous to have a virus that's evolved from animals to human beings is for two reasons. First of all, if you're a virus, 
antibiotics won't work for you. So we can't give somebody amoxicillin or Zithromax to treat coronavirus because antibiotics work for bacteria, but this illness is a virus. And the other reason that it's important to know that it came from animals and spread to humans is because, therefore, we don't have any natural immunity to this. Mm. Colds and kinds of viruses that are spread among children, all of us develop a certain amount of natural immunity to those over time because we've had little tiny exposures. But this is a virus that no one's been exposed to before because it was never in our species before. So that's why it's so dangerous. And then it's also dangerous because the characteristics of the virus are remarkable in their ability to really hurt people who are already sick or weak for other reasons. What happens with the coronavirus is that the little viral particles are inhaled deep, deep, deep down into your lungs. And that's where they begin to replicate and do their damage. So at the beginning, you don't even notice that anything's going on. And after the virus has been deep in your lungs for three to four days, we're thinking right now, it will start to come up your respiratory tract and come to your throat. Mm. That's what causes people to have a cough and a fever as the virus starts to spread into your body. What's interesting about that is that we've just learned that the day you get that cough and that fever is the day that the largest number of virus particles can be coughed out of your mouth. Uh. They set up, set up shop in your mucous membranes in the back of your throat just like when you get strep throat or when you say, oh, I've got a really sore throat from a cold. Well, that's the time that you're most infectious. Hmm. And as you can imagine, most people are out about doing their own business. You know, the day you get a cold, you're never already at home in bed. And so that's one of the reasons that this virus is so contagious and why they're recommending that we do social distancing so that we're away from other people when we do start to get the symptoms. How? And then what happens after that sort of depends on who you are and how sick you are. We used to think that young adults were not particularly affected by this, but I don't know if you saw the number just came out today that yep. in America, 20% of people who have been identified as having COVID are from the ages 20 to 44, and 29% of people who put in the hospital are that young age group, 20 to 44, right. people who are just getting back from spring break. So that's really scary because... They're so social. I was so social at that age. And so it's a much higher chance that it could be spread. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want me to keep talking no, or do you want me to stop? I think Mark, Mark had, had some common question. You're down yes. in Austin, Texas? Yes. Uh-huh. And I saw that they canceled South by Southwest. How are we doing as a culture with the social distancing? I mean, it's so foreign to our culture. I know that there's a lot of people that are... Not as many people in full-on denial slash this is a joke, this is a conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. But how are we doing when we really are going to need to be told what to do, I think? It's fascinating, isn't it? Because this is a free country, as my next-door neighbor just said. We don't yep. have to listen to somebody tells us what to do. But they did cancel South, South By, which here in Austin is like the biggest money-making couple of weeks that we have all year long and it's terrible for service people and the restaurants who are now also having to close on top of that so i think people who are in small business establishments this is a particularly difficult thing to deal with i've been very impressed with the larger businesses a dear friend of mine just called who runs a really large car dealership here in austin and he is committed to making sure that his employees continue to get paid and have health care and can take care of their families and he was calling me to 
ask my support and help in that so that he can make a really good plan to protect his employees. So again, I'm seeing that thing where people are really rallying together. A big shout out to Hewlett. And um, I'm hoping that we're going to do the same for our small business people and, and make sure that people are hanging in there together. But it is kind of a weird ghost town feeling. I don't know if y'all are seeing that where you are. Yep, we are. Are you seeing that at all yet? We've got we've got the ghost town. And, Dr. Ann, the thing is that, that we also have small businesses who are suffering, like Monica, right across from me, whose small business, her restaurant, has to close. So, yeah, so we were talking about small businesses, and you were talking about that some of the businesses there are rallying together and helping other people out. Are you finding that... Um, I mean, I, I don't know whether it's gotten to yet, but 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 our our producer Ben was was worrying about greed, and whether some people are are not as altruistic in this, are not as helpful, and are, you know, hoarding things and being mm. coming. You know, what what's what's your take on that? I like the stuff about the communities coming together and creating these pages to help elderly. Yeah. I like that conversation I like that too. better. <laughs> But, well, but, you know, <clears throat> I have to, I, I guess I want to say two things about that. The first one is I think I feel really fortunate that I don't have a lot of people right around me that I'm feeling that sense from. Great. Um, I can say that I personally feel a certain amount of fear. And my husband and I have talked about, is our house safe? What if we really actually do run out of food? Are people going to come and try to take stuff away from us because they know we're doctors? I mean, mm. just stuff like that. So we've had that conversation. And I very much in my own head had to change it around. And Annie and I wrote an email that we got amazing response back saying, hey, everybody, we want you guys to remember that while this virus is a threat to all of us, we are not a threat to each other. Excellent. And we have to choose to go out of your way, make good eye contact with people, share your hand sanitizer. And this sounds so silly, but I carry hand sanitizer with me, obviously, everywhere. Every time I use it, whoever is near me, I say, hey, you want some? And just offer them a little squirt. I was on an airplane not long ago before we could still travel, and people were astonished. And they're holding their hands out, and it's this moment of connection in solidarity around this thing that's really scary to all of us, but that we don't, I don't have to be afraid to look at the person next to me or touch them. I just, well, you shouldn't touch them, but I certainly gonna, can give them a little squirt of my hand sanitizer. And, and I think that there probably is greed out there, and I know that there's fear because I feel it, but personally, I think the way to combat that is to just be more active around sharing and, and, including other people in what you're thinking and doing and talking about it. And that just sort of humanizes the whole experience. Yeah, it's I, very, I, very easy to get just withdrawn without that humanization. I could not agree more because I also have been feeling this anxiety and I rarely, rarely feel it. <clears throat> but what, when I feel anxiety, I, I shift back to some of the things that I, I teach my patients, what you think affects what you feel. Mm. So I then have to step back and go, okay, so... I'm going to recognize I'm anxious. I'm going to rate it between 1 and 10. It's it's about maybe a 2 or 3. And then I'm going to remember my anxiety always goes away. It always gets less. And then I reflect, what was I thinking to make me anxious? Mm -hmm. And I'll come up with an opposite thought. And I think the same things that you're thinking, Dr. Ann. This idea that, you know, ultimately, really, we we're all are really quite vulnerable. And what if somebody decides they want something that I have? What do I do? How do I activate? And that is this primal, primitive part of us that is that 
isolated, solitary mammal scurrying around, hoping not to be lunch. And then I remember we formed social groups. And that has increased our survival potential. And that will continue to increase our survival potential by being a group of people who help each other out, even if we have to stay a little more distant from each other. Even if we're a bit exactly. more distant. So we're, That's we're, exactly right. We, we've got a, a, a caller coming in. Can we, Ben, can we put her on caller at Earth? That is correct. Caller from Earth, are you there? Hello, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you, caller from Earth. Major Tom. Welcome to the Dr. <laughs> Joe Show. Want, What's on your mind? I just want to uh, tell your audience that you guys have known each other for 48 years. You know who this is, this caller from Earth? I recognize that voice. I could never miss that voice. Can you I've believe it? Hello, Joe. Hello. For a long time. Oh, it Hi, is. Zoom Papa. It is the Christopher <laughs> Sarson, our Zoom Papa, calling in from New Zealand. Oh. Possible. So what? What is going Hello? on out I there? I just want uh, you to know that our hearts, duty and my heart, are so much with you guys because you are going through stuff that at the moment we're just hoping doesn't happen in New Zealand. New Zealand is really an island and it's so far from uh, what's going on in Europe and in uh, America and I just hope it doesn't happen. One of the reasons it may not happen is because our Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, has been so full of leadership and sort of calming us all and telling us what to do. And sure, shows have been cancelled. We didn't go to the theatre twice this last week because the shows were cancelled. Um, I go with my dog, Mosca, to hospitals and rest homes uh, to be uh, a therapy team and talk to patients and uh, wish them well. And they love it because they get a big smile on their face. We've had to stop doing that. Mm. And uh, things have changed here, but not anything like what's happening. Uh, communication with the rest of the world is possible by phone, thank goodness, uh, but not by plane anymore. You can't get in and out of the country. But um, we'll get through it, and we'll pray for you guys. And we hope that you get through it, too. I, I, I tell you, what what you have done by calling, my oxytocin levels are awesome. going through the roof. Awesome. I feel so <laughs> good already. I already feel so less anxious. This is such a wonderful thing, Christopher, what you've done. and what You're I, proving your theory. Yes, exactly. What I hope is you're modeling for everyone. Yeah. This is who we are. Listen, folks, we have someone calling from the other side of Earth, from New Zealand. Christopher, I am just overwhelmed with, with gratitude and joy. So, people, it sounds like it's time to start calling those... He's listening. I think, I think you are so... You're mesmerizing, Joe. You are absolutely mesmerizing. And Anne was so beautifully professional and clear and just just gave a message that we could all understand. So thank you so much to both of you. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Christopher, thank you for teaching us how to do it. <laughs> That's right. And Dr. Ann is right in there. It's a, it's a wonderful explanation of what's going on with us. So we are in this together. Yeah. 
We're in this together. Absolutely. You know? But think you know, about what funny. he just we did to you. We issued one of our little Facebook posts giving some symptoms, and I immediately got a response from somebody in Cambodia. Wow. And I thought exactly the same thing. How wonderful. First of all, we can connect so easily. And second of all, that they're, that he took the time to reach out and say that he was paying attention to what we've written. Yeah. And I do think that sort of thing really matters. We yes. Even just getting responses to the emails that One Good Turn sends out shows me that people are listening and paying attention. And just that makes me want to make sure that I'm listening and paying attention to other people because it's, I, it feels wonderful to know that, that what feels like a shout in the darkness had it coming out of my computer and my administrative director's computer is actually being heard someplace that reinforces that you just want to keep doing good and moving forward and i'm sure you get exactly the same thing on this show joe we're trying mark what were you going to say it 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 sounds like the call from sir christopher (laughs) did exactly what you were talking about in the first portion of the show yep which is when you relieve someone else's stress yeah it relieves yours. I don't know if he's stressed, but I'm sure everyone's a little bit anxious, right? His borders are closed. Yeah. He's on an island right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he's a little bit stressed out about it as right. well. And he's older and, and he's probably can't avoid the news like we all can. But right. what it also tells me is let's let's get on the phones, people. You right. know, let's get on the phone. Absolutely. How you doing? How's it going? How you holding up? We is all got anything? a lot more time on our hands. So. But, but connect. <laughs> And what are the two rules of the I am? Small changes can have big effects. Look at that. This small change has a big effect. And the second rule, you control no one, you influence everyone. You control no one, you influence everyone. You get to choose the kind of influence you want to be. Christopher Sarson, an Emmy award-winning producer of Zoom, Massapiece Theater, multiple other things, has made a small change and called and has had a huge influence on me Absolutely. right now. And the whole Absolutely. show, our whole audience, because of what it's done yeah. live to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Because Can I make another... Cancer. Yes, please. I'm sorry, I just jumped in on you. Can no, I make jump. another doctory kind of suggestion? Jump, something jump. else that helps people when they're feeling a little anxious and a little helpless is that there are actually things you can do and that you can do about this coronavirus, things you can do to protect yourself. And I want to give just a couple of basic examples, mostly because I want people to start thinking for themselves about how they can be proactive about protecting people. So, you know, there's this whole thing about gloves. Should we wear gloves or shouldn't we wear gloves? Well, you should certainly be wearing gloves if you're a healthcare provider, but what if you need to go to the gas station or the bank or open a door to a bathroom in a public place? It's kind of silly to have a glove on because, first of all, they're expensive and we can't get them. Second of all, if a glove fits tightly to your hands, it's really easy to forget you're wearing it and scratch your nose, which kind of defeats the whole purpose. And they're also just hard for people to put on and on without touching themselves while they're doing it. So how about this? Grab an old plastic grocery bag Mm. and tear a piece off of it, stick it in your pocket along with your hand sanitizer and your Kleenex. And then when you need to open the door to something or get the gas thing off, just use that little piece of plastic and hold it in your hand. And so you've got a barrier between you and whatever you're touching, and then just throw it away. That is so simple. Brilliant. We've protected ourselves. Brilliant. Another wonderful thing to do is that if you're worried about your house, if you're worried about bringing coronavirus into your house, into your apartment, take off your shoes at the door. Mm. Have a clean shirt right there when you first walk in. Take off your old shirt, put on your clean shirt, put on a nice clean pair of scrubs. 
put your clothes in a bag right there at your front of your door. And now if you have any coronavirus on your, on your clothes, it won't affect the inside of your house anymore. Take a shower before you go to bed, just like allergies. So that perhaps you have a little bit of coronavirus on you, you'll be able to wash it off with that nice soapy water. So those are some things that we can all do that are really easy, and they give you a plan. Okay, here's my plan. I know that I'm going to do those three things when I walk into the house. Take off my shoes, change my shirt, my shoes, my, and put on some sweatpants, and put my stuff in a bag so that I can wash it. Because washing clothes works great to get rid of that virus. Mm. And having a plan makes people feel a little bit more empowered. And then when you do that and it turns into habit, you're taking care of you and everybody in the house, and it feels like you're doing something to protect yourself. I'm fascinated. But I feel time. better already. I, I do. do, too. I was joking what? with people. I said, come on and watch the Dr. Yeah. Joe show. I think I'm going to be on a couch for today's episode. We've been doing some live therapy, but this could get really, this could get really deep. And uh, it has. I mean, the strategy of, okay, I'm feeling anxious. Right, this, this unknown, these uncertainties, hour by hour, are we gonna? Are they gonna shut us down? Are we gonna have to? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? But calming someone else's anxiety mm -hmm. makes perfect sense. Yeah, and it just happened. Christopher, are you still there? You bet. Good. Oh, look at that! I'm so glad. So, what's what's your take on on all of this? I mean, what what's happening there in New Zealand? You you do have amazing leadership. I know that you've, you've closed some borders down, but as somebody who, who still has family here in the States, what is that like for you? Well, it's really interesting because, you know, social distancing and um, emotional distancing you were talking about, and the two go very, very, very much in hand, uh, literally in hand, because, you know, if you can't hug them, it's tough. And it's nice to have uh, a phone that gives you free calls to the United States, but it's not the same as, as being there. I've got a daughter, no, I've got a granddaughter in uh, Texas, and she has babies. So I'm a great-grandfather for a kid I've never seen, you know, mm -hmm. and another one coming at the end of April. I was coming over, I was invited to uh, come over to Boulder, where we used to live, to be uh, on a, a conference for world affairs, which they have every year. I was invited to be a participant. That got canceled. So we're not seeing any of our friends in Boulder this year. And they were going to go round to the family, and then I was going to go to uh, uh, Europe and say hello to my twin sisters, who are a couple of years uh, younger than me. And none of that is uh, on the boards now. So there is that incredible sense of sort of loss of where are they and all that kind of thing. And um, we, I, look locally and say hello to people and smile and keep my distance. And um, uh, we, as you know, Joe, we have an Airbnb. We have a B&B that's always packed and everybody has cancelled and mm. I'm glad they've cancelled. So, you know, we're missing that aspect of it too. I'm really glad that I've got um, uh, Judy and I'm very uh, conscious that um, a lot of people don't have Judy. And, uh, you know, that's, 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 I'm really, really sorry for them and my 
my virtual arms go out to them. She's very lucky because her family is in Auckland, which is a 40-minute boat ride away from our little island. We live in Waheke Island, which is a little island in the Gulf off Auckland. So she can go and uh, see them. See them. And um, it's, it's, it's strange. It's strange. But I love the advice that you and I uh, have been uh, giving it. You, as I say, are just mesmerizing. And uh, and was so uh, clear and uh, very, very helpful. And thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Christopher. I want to let you make sure that you get to tell your upcoming granddaughter daughter or your pregnant daughter that we really have some good news in this virus. It does not seem to affect pregnant women more than regular people who aren't pregnant, which is really unusual. And also we're not seeing transmission to the baby. So that's wonderful as well. They've done a, only that a small really study is, of women. That really is. Yeah, isn't that great? It's a fantastic news. So the, they've done a small study of women who are pregnant and their complications were no more severe than the average person. And the babies when they were born were not affected with coronavirus. A couple of kids did get coronavirus later, but they're thinking it's from transmission or from just touch. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That is such good news. It's such good news because Peter's daughter had lupus when she was pregnant. I think the lupus, the virus got uh, transmitted to the baby. And uh, there were complications. But uh, I'll tell them that because that's really good news. So, so yeah. Dr. Ann, does that imply something about immune response? And, I mean, why do you think that is? Maybe we, maybe we should have this off air, but, but we are hearing that the young kids are not, don't seem as susceptible to this. Yeah, young kids don't and pregnant mothers don't. The broad thought about why that might be is that children's immune systems don't quite do as a robust response to um, an invader into their system because they get invaded a lot. They get a lot of little colds. Mm. So the ge- that's a very broad concept that generally people are thinking that that's why kids don't get it as severely and maybe even get it at all. And that's the same reason that pregnant women don't get worse is because their bodies are already dealing with an invader being in there, their beautiful baby. And so they're a little bit less likely to have a robust immune response to COVID. And here's another pro tip. Just want to mention this to you. We've learned from a couple of the other um, coronavirus outbreaks that steroids, which are often given to people with lung diseases, are not a good idea. And why that's important to us in America, we can't buy steroids, their prescription, but we can buy another kind of non-steroidal, and it's called ibuprofen or Aleve or naproxen. And there are a couple of papers showing that it's not a good idea to take ibuprofen or Aleve for the fever that comes along with COVID because that can tamp down the body's fighting response to this bug. And so it's much better to take Tylenol. Wow, that's and Tylenol, a, that's or if you're international, paracetamol, that's the medicine you should take if you get a temperature over the next period of time. And just one more little shout-out, fever. When I think of fever, I think 101, 102, shaking chills. The CDC has designed, 
has decided that fever for this is the low end of fever. So it's 100.4, yep. which is not really a very high temperature. Right. So uh, in terms of the, the non-steroidals, what about, you know, all the folks who are taking 81 milligrams of aspirin for, uh, for cardiac stuff? That's a great question, and nobody has said to stop taking your medicine, in particular any kind of cardioprotective medicines, medicines that protect your heart, because people with heart disease, along with people with hypertension, people with asthma, and people who are obese are all at higher risk for having a more complicated course of this illness. And the very strong recommendation is that whatever medicine you're on, to control your diabetes, your hypertension, your heart disease, your asthma, you need to stay on those medicines. And I do know that asthma people often have to take inhaled steroids, and that is definitely something you should have a conversation with your doctor about. I don't know the recommendations on that specific medicine. Right, and I'm not but sure. But yes, keep taking all your regular medicines. Stay as healthy as you possibly can. So folks who are listening to the Dr. Joe show know that towards the end of the show, we ask our guests two things. Based on the IM, small changes have big effects. So, Dr. Ann, what small change can you recommend to our listeners that they can make that can have a big effect? Wash your hands. Wash them for 20 seconds with soapy water. It has a big effect for a couple of reasons. First of all, that seems like a daunting task, and I myself as a physician said, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to do that until I actually did it. And I found that my hands were cleaner. It works way better than hand sanitizer. I felt much more comfortable that I, didn't, I wasn't transmitting or, or holding on to any virus or any illness at all. And the other thing, since we're in a psycho psychological environment right now, is that gave me 20 seconds to just stare oh. off into the distance mm. in the mirror or whatever and rub my hands with warm, soapy water. And that's actually really relaxing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> that's a great it's thing. funny. I've noticed that, too. Yeah. Take that 20 seconds. It is. It really is. It can be very meditative. The other rule of the I am, you control no one, you influence everyone. Dr. Ann, what kind of influence are you hoping to be? Oh, goodness. Oh, Absolutely a positive. I want people to feel a little bit more informed and a little bit less worried and a little bit more ready to take this virus on just because they had a chance to learn more about One Good Turn and hear us talking today on this show. Yeah. Let's go back to One Good Turn. Give us, that, org. Give us that site again. How do they get there? How do they donate? Because Dr. Ann is doing remarkable global work. We can do this. Dr. Ann, give us the site. Oh, it's one good turn, like one good turn deserves another, onegoodturn.org. And my amazing AD, Annie Albrecht, just puts everything together. She's been working so hard. And the tips, we're getting so much stuff up on that website and wonderful emails going out. And there's, we're a small team, but we're a strong team. <laughs> We'd love to have you join us. Come join the Circle of Friends. Joe, I'm going to put you on our medical advisory board. We don't have a psychiatrist, but now we do. Yay! <laughs> I'm honored. Christopher, thank Absolutely. you so much. I, I, I just want to point out what's happened here, folks. Look what we've got. We've got America coast to coast, Massachusetts to Texas. We have New Zealand, and we have China all in the same room all for the same reason, all to do the same thing, which is to support each other through this virus. Let's do it, folks. Let's do it. It's an I am. It's oh, an I am. That's wonderful. Thanks, everybody. Am. Love you all. <laughs>
Love well. Love. Thank Thank you. Be safe. Bye-bye, 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 Bye-bye. 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 Bye-bye.